Hi there. Thank you for choosing to listen to this sermon. We pray that God would use this as an added resource to benefit you in conjunction with you belonging to a local church near you. This sermon was preached at Central Baptist Church Pretoria. 130 years of believers loving God, caring for one another and impacting the world. Friends, let's bow our heads as we come to both the reading and the teaching of God's word. This morning, Lord God, we would cling to Christ. We would cling to Christ. Would you show him to us in your word that we would love him all the more, that we would follow him ever closer, <laughs> that, Lord God, our lives might be a sweet witness to the praise and to the glory of your name. Father, your word is without error. It is true, it is sufficient for all matters of life and godliness. It is clear, it is easy to understand. Would you, by your Holy Spirit, even now, teach us from your word that we would cling to Christ and glorify him. These things we pray. In the wonderful name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, amen. amen. Friends, we find ourselves for the second week in a new book this morning. Uh, we are in 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians, you can find 2 Corinthians in God's Word. We're going to be looking at just a few verses from verse 3 to verse 7 of 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 to verse 7. It's in the New Testament, after the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, 1 Corinthians, surprise, <laughs> 2 Corinthians comes next. <laughs> 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 and verse 4. The rustle of pages has ended, and so hear the word of God. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. If we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. And if we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which you experience when you patiently endure the same sufferings that we suffer. Our hope for you is unshaken for we know that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in our comfort. Just so far in the reading of God's word. Did you no. 
This is maybe a did you know you won't find at the back of a chappie's bubblegum wrapper. But in any event, did you know boutique wineries all around the world still use the technique Pejage. Now, I hope I said that right. It's a, it's a fancy French word, pejage. Um, pejage is a, a French word which means punch down. Pejage is the traditional method in winemaking involving the crushing of grapes with your feet, <laughs> making the grapes burst and their juice flow. A bottle of foot-stomped pejage is going to cost you a pretty penny. A Rizik 888 Pinotage Gold 2015 by the winemaker Adrian Jacobs. Hmm. No, that's probably Adrian Jacobs. <laughs> Will cost you 1,650 rand for a bottle. By the way, the grapes in that bottle were hand-picked at night, and the pejage took place three times per day to extract the perfect tannins and color. So you're really getting value for your money. Where am I going with this? The key to a good bottle of wine is more than just toe jam. <laughs> the key to a good bottle of wine is pressure. Now, I need you to switch in your mind from French to Greek. Your biblical Greek word for the day is thalipsis. You can turn to your neighbor touch them on the shoulder, and say, Thalipsis. <laughs> okay, come back now. <laughs> Thalipsis translates literally as pressing, as pressing together as pressure. It was first used to describe the squeezing of grapes to make Wine. Derived from that idea of pressure, Thalipsis took on the meaning of affliction. Thalipsis took on the meaning of distress. Thalipsis took on the meaning of tribulation. Are you under pressure this morning? Do you feel hard-pressed this morning? I imagine if you aren't presently, you have recently, or you will shortly experience a time of affliction Experience a time of distress. Experience a time of pressure. This morning from 1 Corinthians chapter, or 2 Corinthians, sorry. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 to 7, 
I hope to show you how you can experience hope in hardship. The first point is we can experience comfort in affliction. And we see that in verse 3 and 4. Let me tell you what 3 and 4 are saying at a high level. Then I'll read the passage so that it's near to mind and explain it to you. At a very high level, verse 3 and 4 of 2 Corinthians chapter 1 is saying that the God of all comfort comforts us that we may comfort others with his comfort. The God of all comfort comforts us that we may comfort others with his comfort. This is how it reads in verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in our afflictions so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. First part of that sentence, the God of all comfort. Uh, Verse three starts off by saying, blessed be. God is inherently worthy of praise because of his intrinsic perfections. His intrinsic perfections of holiness. His intrinsic perfections of sovereignty. His intrinsic perfections of powerfulness. God is inherently worthy of praise because he is, in this text, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. Now, we are, as a church, very familiar with speaking of the Holy Spirit as the comforter. We are very familiar of speaking of the Holy Spirit as the helper. We are familiar of speaking of the Holy Spirit as the strengthener. If you know a little bit of Greek, we are familiar of speaking of the Holy Spirit as the paraclete. That's what this word is. And for those of you who don't know, Jesus is revealed in Scripture by this same word, paraclete. Jesus is revealed as our comforter and variously translated as our advocate, as our helper, as our consolation. Yeah, our Father who is in heaven comes to our side in the midst of our distress, bringing us constellation, bringing us solace, bringing us strength. The God of all comfort comforts us. We read a little bit later in the text, it says, who comforts us in our affliction. Affliction is tribulation. Affliction is trouble. Are you familiar with that? Affliction is anguish. To be afflicted is to be pressed. To be afflicted is to be pressured. To be afflicted is to be stressed. You know what affliction feels like, don't you? 
Affliction knots your stomach. Affliction results in anxiety. Affliction concerns you about what lies ahead. Affliction causes stressful days and sleepless nights. Affliction gnaws at your mind. Affliction depresses your spirit. Affliction darkens your view of the future. Into our, this is very important, affliction, God brings us comfort right when we need it, right at the point of our need. The God of all comfort comforts us that we may comfort others. A little later in the text we read, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction. Friends, don't waste your tribulation. Have you ever, like me, cried out in the midst of tribulation? Ask the question, why am I going through this? One of the reasons why God takes us through times of trial is so that we may minister to others in their time of need. As you journey through the dark days of difficulty, mark out the trail that God uses to bring you to safety on the other side with breadcrumbs of faith. Trace how he lifts you up. Record how he carries you. Remember the means he uses to comfort you. God intends for you to point the path out to fellow travelers. The God of all comfort comforts us that we may comfort others with his comfort. The end of verse four reads, with the comfort which we ourselves are comforted by God. In turmoil, seek divine strength. In turmoil, seek godly consolation. In turmoil, seek spiritual comfort. The God of all comfort comforts us that we may comfort others with his comfort. Let me give you two points of application for those first two verses. Firstly, to new converts that are in the room. Friend, you will have trials and tribulations in this life. They are not accidental. They're God's plan for your sanctification. Learn to lean on Him when times are dark. And then maybe to those who are older saints that are sitting here this morning. A lifetime of leaning upon God during times of trial has equipped you to guide younger believers on the path of God as they journey through the life of faith. Seek them out and show them the pathway that God might be glorified in both of your lives. Second point, we can experience comfort in suffering. Comfort in suffering, and that's verse 
5 and 6. Let me, let me tell you at a high level what verse 5 and 6 are about, then we'll read it so that it's close to mind, and then I'll explain the meaning to you and apply it. Our suffering for Christ or comfort in Christ comforts those enduring suffering. Our suffering for Christ or comfort in Christ comforts those enduring suffering. Verse 5 reads, For as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. If we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which you experience when you patiently endure the same suffering that we suffer. Our suffering for Christ. The text before us says, as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings. Not Christ's sufferings on the cross. No, that he had to bear alone. Not our daily struggles here. I think afflictions was more about that. Not the pressures of our lives. No, suffering here is suffering for the sake of Christ. Suffering for the sake of the cross. Suffering for the gospel. Christians suffer. In a world of prosperity preaching, let me make this point clearly. Christians suffer. Jesus said, in the world you will have tribulation." And the apostle Peter said, you have been grieved by various trials. The brother of Jesus Christ, James, said, count it all joy when you meet trials of various kinds. The gospel writer Luke writes, through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. Paul writes to the Thessalonians, you yourself know that we are destined for afflictions. To the Philippians, Paul writes, it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake. Paul writing to the Romans says, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that sufferings produces endurance. Friends, the prosperity gospel is a lie from the devil. Bashuri, Mboro, Theovormorans, Paula White, Benny Hinn preach a false gospel. Mark and avoid them. All around the world, Christians suffer for Christ. As suffering fills our cup, comfort spills over the edge. What goes in is not what comes out. Christian suffering produces Christians who comfort. Our suffering for Christ or comfort in Christ. If we are comforted, our text says, it is for your comfort. Whether afflicted or whether 
comforted, the result is always the same in Paul's eyes. We get to minister God's comfort to others. Our sufferings for Christ or comfort in Christ comforts those enduring suffering. It says in our text, the last phrase as we get to verse 6, which you experience when you patiently endure. We don't suffer for Christ as victims. Suffering for Christ is about endurance. Endurance is a steadfast and unflinching determination not to give up. Endurance is persistent perseverance to the end. Endurance faces trials triumphantly. Endurance faces trials courageously. Endurance faces trials gallantly. We endure because we know for those who love God, all things work together for our good and for his glory. Suffering is promised in the Christian life. But suffering is met by divine comfort. Suffering is met by sovereign strength. Suffering is met by heavenly consolation. Our suffering for Christ, or comfort in Christ, comforts those enduring suffering. How do we apply these two verses. Well, again, let me apply them first to believers, to new converts that, in, that are in this room. New convert, it is not wrong to pray, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. But when your endurance is his will, be ready to pray, not my will, but yours be done. To those of you who are old saints, grayer in spiritual hair, (laughs) here's an application for you. Friend, endure to the end. Hold fast to what you have so that no one may seize your crown. Be faithful unto death and Jesus Christ himself will give you the crown of life. Amen? Amen. We're not done yet. (laughs) Verse 7. Third point. We can experience hope in hardship. That's verse seven. We can experience hope in hardship. Let me tell you what's going on in this verse and then we'll read the verse so that's near to mind and then I'll explain the meaning. Our unshakable hope is that those who suffer will be comforted. Our unshakable hope is that those who suffer will be comforted. Let me read verse seven to you. Our hope for you is unshaken. For we know that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in our comfort. Our unshakable hope. Paul is hopeful. He's not wishful. He's not hope so. Paul has a confident expectation. Paul has a firm assurance. Do you have hope? I don't talk about hope enough. Hope, 
together with faith and love, is an enduring Christian virtue. Hope will abide forever. Divine hope produces love. Divine hope produces joy and peace by the Holy Spirit's power. Paul has hope. Hope that is unshaken. Hope that is reliable. Hope that is solid. Hope that is fixed. Hope that is stable. Hope that is dependable. Hope that is sure. Do you have hope? Our unshakable hope is that those who suffer will be comforted. The, the phrase in our text, for we know, is in the perfect tense. Uh, Paul describes an action completed in the past, once and for all, not needing any repetition. Paul knows that he knows that he knows that this hope is well-placed. He has been comforted in suffering so many times that he is confident God's got it and God will do it again. He trusts that any suffering the Corinthians face will be comforted by the same Father of mercies and God of all comfort. Do you have hope? Our unshakable hope is that those who suffer will be comforted. How do we bring verse 7 to application and close this morning? Well, first, let me speak to any who are not yet believers in Jesus Christ as their Lord and their Savior this morning. Ask yourself the question, where can you find hope like this? Unshakable hope in affliction. Indestructible hope through suffering. Friend, this hope is not found in your worthiness to receive it, but in God's sovereign right to bestow it. This hope is given freely in the person of Jesus Christ. Hope has a name. Without Jesus, you are truly hopeless because you are righteousless. God sent his son to die for your sin. And the price that he paid was acceptable to the father because he rose from the grave. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Then you have every reason to hope and rejoice. Friend, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe that in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you will be saved. Do it at once. Do not delay. Do it today. 
Let me close by speaking to the rest of us, believers in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And let me go back to that French word, which I'm sure I butchered, pejage again. Pejage, if you remember, is the traditional method in winemaking involving the crushing of grapes underfoot. Pressure extracts the best tannin and color and makes the grapes burst and their juices flow. So too, affliction. So too, suffering. So too, hardship. Brings about fruitful harvest in your life. I imagine if you aren't presently, you have recently, or you will shortly go through a time of affliction, go through a time of distress, go through a time of pressure. Friend, endure it. Don't take your eyes off of Jesus in the midst of it. Learn to lean on hope in the midst of hardship. And God will make a vintage out of you yet. Amen. Let's close in a word of prayer. It's all very well, Lord God, to speak of affliction and speak of suffering and speak of hardship. It's quite another thing to go through it. I've no doubt that there are many here this morning who are experiencing difficulty, pressure, stress, anxiety, complications, and even right now are crying out to you, asking why, asking what to do. Lord, I'm not confident in them that they will endure. But like Paul, I have every confidence in you. And I ask, Father God, for your own glory's sake, would you bring each one of your children through whatever storms they find themselves in to safe harbor on the other side, that they might be able to say, look at the good thing which God has done and point others and comfort others in the midst of their distress. These things I pray in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. He is our Lord and our Savior. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon. Find out more about Central Baptist Church at www.central.org.za.